All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right, what's happening, people? Jono from Fitness Education Online. Super excited because I've got an absolute rock star on the line this week, all the way in Florida in the the USA. I don't think we can be any further apart. It's 9 a.m. Tuesday or Wednesday. No, 9 a.m. Wednesday on my time. It's um, 7 p.m. Tuesday on his time. I don't think we can get any further apart until you start coming back around the the way again. Uh, This man is an absolute expert when it comes to running a successful box in the, usually in the CrossFit sort of space, but any, um, if you're anywhere in that space, you'll be able to, to benefit from this. And he's got two specific skill sets. Firstly is the business side of things. He makes a million bucks a year from his, um, his box, which is super impressive. And I think we should all, this is something we can all take away from that. He's also an absolute expert when it comes to the soft side of things as well. It's not just, hey, charge X amount of dollars and you know be a, be a, a, a crazy closer. There may be an element to that, but he's really good at the soft skills and giving people an amazing experience in their, their group exercise class. So we're going to speak about both those things today. Uh, but without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Andrew Frezza. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Jono. I should clarify too that, you know, the million dollars a year is the top line revenue of the gym. I mean, we make a good uh, living from the gym, but yeah, it would be good if it was all all profit, right? Of course. Um, All right, Andrew, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Yeah. The number one for me is uh, discipline is freedom. Jocko Willink. Um, Mm. As someone who is an entrepreneur with a lot of ideas, I would say that's one of my strengths, but also one of my weaknesses is having a lot of ideas. I found that both uh, from the business standpoint, as well as kind of my own personal professional life and the relationship between those two, I have to have a lot of um, almost like I call them bump, like bumpers in a bowling alley. I need to have those little bumpers to keep me on track. And, um, and I have a lot of discipline that I work towards in my personal health, my business, my relationships, my family life, and uh, constantly trying to cut away as opposed to always add things into the mix. Love that. I'm a huge Jocko Willich fan myself. Have you, you've, you've obviously read his book or his books. Yeah, I've read uh, Extreme Ownership and yes. Dichotomy of Leadership. Uh, yes. enjoyed both of those a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of both of those too. Love that. Awesome. All right. Let's start with... You know what I think we do, actually, Andrew? I'd love to hear your story. So you run a, a box now, and you make million dollars of revenue a year. Uh, I'd love to hear how you did that. I'm sure it wasn't just, ah, I'll open up tomorrow, and you know, here's a million bucks coming in. So I- I'm going to hand it over to you from here. Start where you want to start, uh, and just let us know for the next sort of you know, 15, 20 minutes, how did you do it? And feel free to stop off along the way as well. Be like, hey, I did this wrong. If you're doing that, if you're starting now, don't do that. You know, or hey, I did this one thing right. If you're listening now, you know, and you want to be successful, do this one thing here. Uh, I'm going to hand it over to you, Andrew. Start where you want to start and, and tell us how you did it. 
Yeah, sounds good. Um, so I oh, actually, found... actually, sorry, I'll, I'll jump in a sec as well. Andrew's right. also got a podcast as well. So if you if you like his story and you want to hear more about it, go and check out his podcast. Um, his podcast too. I'll put the link in the show notes. But it's the Seven Figure Box. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry about that. I just wanted to jump in before I forgot that. Yeah, definitely. So um, I found it. I found CrossFit as a regular Joe off the street. Uh, back in 2011, uh, beginning of 2011. And um, I grew up as a baseball player. So I was really into sports, uh, was an athlete my whole life, played one year professional baseball with the Boston Red Sox organization, just in the minor leagues, Um, got done with baseball, went into sales. And uh, after doing sales for two years, uh, actually for Norwegian Cruise Line, um, I just decided I can't do like a cubicle work again. Um, So I quit that job. I didn't know what I was going to do next, but shortly after I found CrossFit as an athlete, uh, took me about a year to really realize that this is what I wanted to be doing. Um, but at, about a year in, I was like, all right, I want to start coaching. I eventually want to open up my own gym. Didn't really know exactly what that direction would look like. Um, but throughout that time I was in my brother's ear and my dad's ear saying, Hey, this is really cool. This is, uh, an up and coming thing you know, I want to coach. I want to eventually open up my own gym one day. I got them into it. So I convinced them to start doing CrossFit. And, um, and then about six months into that conversation, my dad was like, okay, I have a real estate background. If I find a real estate investment, a building that I can purchase in our hometown where we, where I grew up in Jupiter, will you move back home and we'll open up the gym together? You and Tony, Tony's my brother, you guys can open up the gym. You'll rent for me, and uh, and then you'll you'll be back home. So he quickly found an investment, a building. He actually found two buildings next to each other, about a four thousand square foot building and a seven thousand square foot building. And our goal was to use just the four thousand square foot building, uh, open up the gym as CrossFit Palm Beach back in December of 2012. And uh, and yeah, we we kind of hit the ground running. It was a great time to start a gym. We quickly got up to about 150 to 200 members, somewhere in that range. And my dad was having trouble renting out this bigger building that was sitting there, the 7,000 square foot building. So this was in the heyday of, of uh, CrossFit trend in South Florida and the US. And we're like, screw it. Let's create this mecca of gyms. We'll use both buildings. We'll do other programs. We'll do kids. We'll do boot camp. We'll do personal training. And we'll just blow it up. And uh, that was a huge mistake to do it that quickly (laughs) in. It was about a year and a half into the journey. And we just didn't have the team. We didn't have the systems. We didn't even have our core product dialed in enough. You know, it was really just a lot of luck and good timing. And and we delivered every day. I mean, we gave, my my brother and I coached almost every single class. Uh, We were passionate. We cared about every single member. But uh, it was a lot of luck that got us to, that 150 to 200 members so quickly. And, uh, and yeah, so when we grew, we had about two to three years of growing pains because we tried to do too much. Uh, my brother and I just simply didn't have enough bandwidth to coach that many classes and focus on growing the business. And, um, and yeah, it was a lot of struggle. So we had to actually dial in the business stuff, um, raise prices, uh, build our team, start to actually generate some systems. And, and then finally we actually where we saw breakthrough was we consolidated to focusing just on the CrossFit program again. Mm -hmm. So we stopped worrying about trying to fill both buildings 
and we just tried to do our core product as good as we possibly could. That started to generate enough momentum. We could build our team, build some cash flow, and then finally, we actually uh, relaunched a boot camp program. Once that was dialed in, and we did it right the second time around, uh, we branded it as Beach Fit. We really tried to steer away from the CrossFit light direction, which is a lot of it's a lot of the mostly the direction that a lot of gyms go with it is. They just try to say, oh, well, our CrossFit program's great. You think CrossFit's too intense or intimidating. We'll, we'll give you CrossFit light. And what we found is the market really responds to a completely different program, a completely yeah. different brand, different mindset. So when we relaunched as Beach Fit, we relaunched with 45-minute classes, its own style, its own, its own kind of flavor to it. And that program took off. And that's really where we saw for the next two to three years, massive growth because uh, Beach Fit really became its own, um, just like terminology or, or brand in the community. And then beach fit started to feed a lot of CrossFitters to us as well. Um, so by I think 2018 was the first year that we hit seven figures of annual revenue. And we've maintained that throughout last year, we were a little bit below, uh, for COVID, but with, not, not uh, bad some for of the a pandemic, right? How, yeah. With some of the PPP Florida loans, as well. Exactly. Um, I mean, Florida was better than a lot of other states, but um, we did have to shut down for two months. Uh, but once you throw in the PPP loans, that actually pushed us back up over seven figures. Um, so that that was kind of nice to be able to get those. Um, but yeah, we've maintained it throughout. And about three years ago, I launched the Seven Figure Box podcast. That was really just a chance for me to share the things that I was learning and implementing. I, I learned by teaching. So it was a great way for me to just teach and and share. And I try to, on that podcast, really get tactical with people. A lot of the podcasts that I like and listen to are great, but I felt like they were so high level that it didn't, it wasn't tactical enough. So I wanted to make my podcast very tactical and talk about very specific things like, you know, should you hire a front desk staff and why, you know, how to break down a week of programming, uh, how we hire and onboard a, a new coach those really specific things of, of what we do and what we found works and what doesn't. Um, and then through that, uh, started developing the rockstar coaching course, which is kind of the new focus for me. And that's really developing teams and, and coaches around the soft skills of coaching primarily in the group class, functional fitness space. Wow. Love it. Such a cool story. Let's break that down. Cause I think there's some really cool components there. Uh, let's start with the, the start. You mentioned you got 100, 200 people off the bat. Uh, and then I think you mentioned there's there a bit of luck in there as well. What would you, because I think even that's good. Some people open up and they got 20, 30, 40 people. They're like, man, 100, 200. How did you do it? Was it just passion? Was it luck? Was there some things you, you did good well there? Did you have a name beforehand? How did you, how did you get to the, the 200 so quick off the bat? Yeah, I think it was just a combination of we opened up in the area that we grew up. So we had a lot of contacts and people that knew myself, my brother, our family, and wanted to try us out, wanted to support us. And then I think also us being kind of in the right age and timing of everything. Mm -hmm. um, when I opened, I'm, I'm 35 now. So when we opened, I was about 25. And there was a lot of people in that age group and demographic that it was just the right the right time for a lot of it. But I think the thing that we did right and the thing that we actually focused on the most was always the on the floor product. I mean, we even coaching 
um, seven, eight classes in a day, opening the gym at 6am, closing the gym at 8pm at night. We gave it our all to every single class. And we really understood from the early part of it, that it was about the relationship side of things. And we were in the relationship business. So, um, if, if anything I could contribute it to, it's that, um, we've tried to only build on that and make that part of it better. But I mean, there was, I mean, there's so many things that we messed up. I, there was payment stuff that we did where, I mean, we just weren't even charging people that were attending the gym because we didn't have their membership set up right. And, uh, one mistake that I have to share that was so bad is we actually never set up the ACH part of our checking, uh, processing. And, um, so we were getting all of our credit card processing payments into our bank account, but our ACH was just sitting in a fund. What's what's ACH? I don't know if we have that. ACH is like a direct check. So if someone gives you their, their check avoided check, or they give you their bank account info and you direct debit from their bank account, uh, that's called ACH. And we only had a handful of people that were paying that, but we were never receiving that money. The payment processor was holding on to it because we never set up our account originally. And we only found out about 18 months into owning the business because one of our clients asked for a refund and they were one of these checking account people. And we're like, it cleared on our end. I don't know why you're not seeing it. And this was like a two week process. And then finally we called the process and we're like, what is going on? And they were like, yeah, you never set up your account. We have $5,000 <laughs> that we're just ready to <laughs> distribute over to your bank account that you never got. So um, yeah, looking back, it feels like we did a lot more wrong than we did right. Well, it's it's one way to learn, right? You're never making that mistake again. Yeah. And, and sometimes yet. it's good to make it early, you know? You make it early when it's only 5000 so you don't make it later when it's 50000 Exactly. Awesome. Well, I think there are even some some good tips there, you know? It's sort of like... Well, if you're going to open up in the middle of nowhere and you don't know anyone, it's probably going to be hard, you know, but if you've already got yeah. a, a following or, you know, and it, half of it's common sense, you know, like I've lived in the area my whole life. Like I don't run any, a physical fitness location anymore, but I'm pretty sure I could send out a text message and start a boot camp tomorrow if I wanted to, just because I, I know so many contacts in the area there. So that's a good message. And then just, yeah, the product and the relationship, at least if you've got a really good product, okay, even if you don't get a huge amount of people coming in, at least every person that comes in stays in there and maybe bring a friend or two as well and compounds from there. So I think that's that's key there. I love how you mentioned you then wanted to make it the mecca and open up you know, this second thing here and have them both awesome. Because uh, what I found in my experience in business is you need to master the one thing first. Get that running as much on autopilot as possible, and then you start up the second one. So I think it's a good lesson there where you tried to do too much too soon, then you scaled it back, focused on the one. Then once you had that one down packed, then you open the second one. I think that's a, a, a awesome message for, for everyone listening. Uh, question for you here, Andrew. You mentioned when you did scale back, you're like, all right, let's raise our prices. Let's focus on the business stuff. Let's get our systems. Let's build our team. Did you come up with that on your own or did you have a business coach or did you listen to a speaker? Like how did you, you make that shift and then how did you learn all that stuff? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, we, we've had several business coaches throughout the years and really we, we didn't get unstuck until we start get, started getting outside help. Mm. So the first outside help that we received was through Mad Lab. Um, we did Mad Labs out of Canada, I believe, and they focus on a PT first, personal training first 
for like a CrossFit type model okay. where clients are typically doing 10, 15, 20, 30 sessions or more before getting into the group classes. And then they also focus on the other big part of their model is that they have what they call a coach for life. So every client has an assigned coach, designated coach from the gym. Usually it's the coach that did their personal training sessions that becomes their coach for life and, and manages the relationship and makes sure that they're you know staying as a happy member and keeping them retained. So we, we started to adopt that model. We found that for our space, being as big of a space as we had, that ultimately it wasn't the best fit because ours, ours ultimately has to be a volume model, or at least most likely be a volume model for the amount of space that we have. So short of downsizing again, to really adopt this type of Mad Lab model, it, there was good things that we took, but ultimately we didn't end up running that model to a T. And then from there, we started working with uh, the Barbell Shrugged crew, Barbell Business crew, uh, which then changed to Gym Right. And that was great because they gave us a built out marketing system and they really helped us focus on the lead side of things. Mm. And I remember the first week or so with them, one of the things that really jumped out to me is they said, you know, they made us set goals and they said, you want to be a 500 member gym, but currently you have 300 or 350, whatever the number was. And every system you have is busting at the seams. Mm -hmm. Every single system we had was basically had some element of micromanagement to it. It, nothing was truly streamlined. Even the things that we thought were streamlined, they would point out how it wasn't streamlined. So we had a whole policy, but then when it came down to how someone actually put their account on hold, there was 10 different ways to do it. There was no specific uh, person they talked to, specific email they reached out. No one on our side of things was in charge of handling that hold. It was five different people you know, micromanaging it. So it, it was just proof that what, what I found is that, especially if you want to be a volume model, most of your success is getting out of your own way as opposed to doing more. It's like make your core service really good. And then all your systems and processes are, are you essentially getting out of your own way as opposed to like adding and making things more complex. Yeah. Love that. Such an important, I think any sort of, yeah, any, any volume business model or any model that isn't just you, you know, like, exactly. You know, it, fair enough. And whatever, whether you're a hairdresser, a personal trainer, a business coach, whatever, if you want it to be just you, hey, I want to work from nine to five and book myself with clients. Okay. You know, it's just you. But if you want a system where it's like, hey, I want this thing or I want a business that runs without me there, it's all about systems and you need to take yourself out, right? Because otherwise you're, you're the clog in there. So I think that's such an important lesson there. And I think there's a few good lessons there for everyone listening. I think there's obviously, you know, hey, systemize the business, but I think there's also the business coaching side of things. You're only going to get so far on your own and then look at, and there may be a few different options, whether you can look at your business and be like, right, you know, my weakness is in retention. You know, my members are leaving. Okay. Who's the best at retention? Let me go and reach them out and do their program. Or it's like, Hey, my retention's good, but you know, I'm just not getting any leads. You know, who's the best at marketing? Let me go and reach out to them. You know, well, Hey, I'm getting leads, but now I'm not closing any of these leads. You know, how do I get better at sales? You know, and reach out to there. And it's just a, a consistent journey. So I, I love that there. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up, cause this is, uh, I think something that'll be really valuable for people is we talked about this idea of focusing on 
your core service mm-hmm. and getting that really good. And actually that's come basically full circle for us to now where we are today. So over the last few years, we were able to add a lot to our core service because we had a solid team. We had a lot of our things dialed in and we were able to focus a little bit on personal training and supplements and nutrition coaching and retail and all these things. And now with COVID, we've gotten a little hit. We've gotten a little punch to the gut with our membership numbers. Um, just especially now we're back in a, another small wave in, in South Florida and one of the big realizations for us was, oh my God, we got to go back to focusing on our core service because we're still offering basically the full schedule that we offered when we had 500 members, but we don't have 500 members. We raised prices. So we don't, one, we don't aspire to get back to 500 members, but number two, we're just dealing with less members because we're not quite at the numbers that we want to be in a non COVID environment. And for us, we've had to say, okay, what does it look like to refocus on our core service again? And we're thinking about where do we have unused capacity in our core service? So where do we have class times that we're paying a coach the same, regardless of whether there's five people in that class or 15 people in that class or 25 people in that class, but we have a five person class on a consistent basis. How do we build that back up? How do we get that back to where it is? And how do we look at that unused capacity is essentially money that we're burning away every single month that that space goes unused. Um, and not that every class has to be, you know, maxed out to its absolute cap, but we've gotten a big hit from where we were previously. And now we have to refocus on it. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Yes, good point. Okay, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions here, Andrew. So now let's say there's someone listening to this, they're like, okay, that's great. You know, this this bloke's done it all well and good for him. You know, how can I do it? So I'm just going to ask your biggest tip in a few different categories. First category is going to be model. So let's say someone's opening up. In a nutshell, what should they be charging and, and what should they be giving? What's your, your biggest tip there if they want to run a seven-figure box? Yeah, my tip would be focus on operational capacity, which would be a non-barbell model. I would not do a barbell model for most people starting up unless they're just yes. so passionate about it. Um, so I would do a station-based model that uses dumbbells and kettlebells and medicine balls and cardio equipment. And I would do 45 minute classes because you can get more classes in a Mm -hmm. set period of time. I would charge people every two weeks um, because you're going to get an extra uh, two pay periods in a year, an extra month's worth of pay, basically 13 months of pay instead of 12. Um, I would dial in your marketing and sales prior to ever opening the gym on day one. So I would fill the gym prior to ever Uh, opening or get close to filling it uh, as opposed to build it and hope they come. Um, And I would charge 
a good amount. I would charge in the, for the U S we would be charging anywhere from 180 to 220 for those memberships and probably just offer two memberships for that. Love it. Now, is that, is that per two weeks or per month, the 180 to? Oh, sorry. So I talked about, um, biweekly or every two weeks. So yeah, you would basically just, uh, look at pricing around like 89 to 99 every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that, that, yeah, sweet. That works in Australia as well. That's the, in, in my experience, the model that works in Australia, we actually do weekly. So we don't do monthly over here in Australia. Most okay, people do. Yeah, so, so same, it works even same better. thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, in, so say for the Australians, about 50 bucks a week, give or take, right? Exactly. So you could you could do 49 a week, which people just naturally look at as, oh, it's less than 200 a month, but it's really more than 200 a month when you do the math. Yes, love that. Love the 45 minutes because you can get more in there as well. Um, or I guess the other way to look at that is even if it's you're not getting more in, it gives you some other opportunity as well. You know, it's like, okay, it's a 45 minute class. You know, I might have a few minutes after to chat to people or to get new people in or whatever, or you can, you know, put them back to back, which is great. Now the non-barbell is just for space. I'm guessing, right? That's why you're saying it's a, yeah. 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 Mainly for space. I mean, ideally you're, you're looking at a three to 4,000 square foot space um, you know, including some of your bathrooms and, and any type of office that you might have, and you're able to fit somewhere between 20 to five to 30 athletes per class. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. That makes sense there. Uh, what about marketing or more specifically lead generation? Do you do paid stuff? Do you do free stuff? Is it Instagram? Is it, you know, community stuff? Is it Facebook ads, Google ads? What, what marketing tips can you give us, Andrew? So this is, admittedly my weakest part. And we grew most of our gym without any paid marketing at all. Okay, uh, We've done small things throughout the year. We've partnered up with people. We did the, uh, the new you challenge. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the new you challenge, uh, but there was a period of time, maybe three or four years ago where they would just reach out to gyms and say, Hey, we'll run your ads for you. We'll fill your gym. We just want a cut. I think they charge. We we did all the sales, but they did the ads. So we we charged a client two fifty for their new you challenge, and they took one fifty of that. So whatever they spent on ads, they would get the difference between the one fifty and whatever they spent on ads on Facebook. Gotcha. Um, but outside of that, it's been just organic social media. It's been content with podcasts and blogs, and then it's been a lot of referrals. And we have a, a private Facebook group that we nurture. Uh, which just kind of falls under that organic social media. And any, so, anyone uh, can join that group, even if they're not a member? Um, that is actually mostly for members. Yeah. Okay, that's gotcha. Yeah. Um, but that's where we kind of nurture the community. If we have an offer, we post it in there. Um, so a lot of times it's referral stuff that we do. We'll do like a golden ticket promotion mm. every once in a while. And that's more of a referral-based promotion. And um, And yeah, but actually... Again, COVID, we're now in this position where we're having to kind of learn this a little bit, going back to this idea of this unused capacity that we have. We don't want to wait six months to get back to where we were. We want to fill that unused capacity immediately. So we're diving into the marketing and the ads right now. And it's been the blessing for us is that we want to have multiple locations. We don't want to just be a single location gym. And this is going to teach us how to fill the next gym. We're going to learn the skill set we need to fill the next gym that doesn't just rely on if you build it, they will come kind of a mindset. 
And um, also an so, area where you haven't grown up in, right? Exactly. Exactly. So um, we won't have as much relationships as connect, as much connections in the next area. Um, so yeah, marketing is something that I wish I had more for people. Um, but there's probably better people out there for it. No, appreciate that. Uh, sales. What's the sales strategy, Andrew? Is it selling over the phone? Do people just go to your website and buy? Is it a free session, a free week? What's free two weeks? What, what do you sort of do to, to close those sales for the people that do inquire? Yeah, our goal is an in-person conversation with everybody. That's what gotcha. we've always had the best success with, especially because our facility is nice and it presents well. Yeah. So we really try to get people into the facility and we have a great team. So if we can get them to meet some of the team, meet some of the members, they instantly get the the vibe uh, in a positive way that we want them to get. So we're all about the in-person conversation. That could be either they come and just schedule a what we call a no sweat intro, just a conversation, or they do a free class, but we also try to get the conversation. So my biggest tip for selling is that you have to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times if you're, yeah. if you're doing just a free class and expecting that to sell itself, that's not the sales pitch. So anytime someone has yeah. a free class, we are, are trying to schedule that conversation before or after class, ideally after class or separately over the phone. We don't try to let the, the free class sell itself, even though we know they're going to have a great experience with it. And then um, from the in-person selling side, it just comes from curiosity, asking good questions and genuinely listening. I think that that's, uh, that's the only thing that I've found success with personally is just really making that emotional connection and generally understanding what that person's saying and wanting to hear more from them. Um, and then I find that the sales really takes care of itself if you're hearing what they actually are there for and want to achieve with you. Love that so much, 100%. I, I love sales myself, and that would be the same tip that I give there. It's not about how sexy can you make your program sound. It's how can I find out exactly what this person wants? How can I show them that I actually care? And then how can I match my service to that? Where it's like, hey, you know, this is this is what you want. Look, here's the solution here. And I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Obviously, you word it better than that. But if you can, you can make that bridge, you're going to close sales. So I love that. Uh, final question, Andrew, and take your time on this one because I know this is your specialty. And I know that you do have a full course on this as well. And that's all around the soft skills. How can now let's say you've, you've done your sales, you've done your marketing, you've, you've ticked all the boxes, you're charging 50 bucks a week. How can we give these people an amazing experience in, in a coach and give your course a plug as well? Don't be shy. Yeah. So the Rockstar Coaching Course, um, we, we built that around what we call the five levels of a Rockstar Coach. Okay. So at the base of what we call a great coach is the role of the cheerleader. And most people hear cheerleader and they're like, ah, I'd rather just be a good technical coach. Uh, but for us, a cheerleader is not just the person that encourages you, even though that's part of it. A cheerleader is the person that understands that we're in the relationship business and they are the, the social butterfly that builds relationships. Then from there, the, the role above that is the director and the director is uh, the logistics specialist. All right. This is like the director on a movie set. This is the person that's staging the gym that knows what's going to happen each minute of that class that's able to command large groups that enjoys public speaking that's confident that has a tremendous presence and always starts and ends class on time 
And then from there, we have the technician. Okay. And that is the technical coach. We have to make people better. We have to have the ability to do that. So uh, depending on what your methodology is, your focus, that's going to look a little bit different for each person, but it's basically uh, using cueing, visual, verbal, tactile cueing, and knowing your, your movements to get people better. Um, the fourth category up would be the programmer. And that's someone that can understand the bigger picture of what a workout entails, why we're doing certain workouts. They will know about anatomy and energy systems and things like that, just at least on a basic degree and be able to help people get more out of their workouts and individualize the workouts to the athlete that you have without having to, uh, write 20 different workouts in a 20 person group class. And then on top of that, the peak of our pyramid is the coach and the coach is the person that can fluidly move between any of those other four roles. And the coach is a person that can have difficult, difficult conversations and eliminate gossip. They're the team player. They're the person that understands the lifestyle blocks or the mindset blocks that might take a client away from their goals. And that's the person that kind of puts it all together. So the course was really built around the cheerleader and the director first. That's where a lot of those more soft skills uh, fall. And it's a lot of the stuff that's overlooked by most certifications out there. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of CrossFit. I think it's one of the best certifications out there, but they focus primarily on teaching, cueing, correcting demonstration, and they focus very little bit on presence and attitude on managing groups on communication skills and relationship building. So we talk about all with all of our coaches um, you got to master the micro first. You got to master the one-on-one -on -one relationships. You got to be able to connect with your athletes. You got to be able to ask great questions. You got to remember every single person's names. Mm. I mean, if you're doing a, if you're running a gym where you have free classes, the, the number one thing that you can do is get your coaches good at remembering names. If they can get great at building names, that's the gateway into a strong relationship. When that person shows up for their second class, that is the thing that's going to sell them on, oh, these people care. These people go above and beyond. Um, so that single tip alone could be the difference for a lot of coaches. Yes. Agree. hundred percent. Um, awesome. Cool. Well, Andrew, that's pretty much, oh, and if someone's interested in this course, where do they go? Yeah. So if you're interested, I would go to either sevenfigurebox.com and you could submit your email on there. Um, but mainly the best way to do it is if you're on Facebook, go to find the Rockstar Coaching Group on Facebook. And we share tips in there, stuff that we don't share on our main pages or in the podcast. And then that's also a great place whenever we launch the next set of the course, the next cohort, uh, we, we announce it in there first. Awesome. I'll grab all those links for you and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, awesome. Well, Andrew, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover for today. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? No. I think that's good. I appreciate the time. Appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Well, I know it's late over there in Florida, so I'll leave you to it, Andrew. All right. Thanks, Jonah. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, 
the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can take a bite of countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionised their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.